All right, nothing to see here, episode 48. I know you probably noticed we were not here last week. I got the COVID. So I <laughs> you got the Rona. I got the Rona, so I could not be in an office with Kat because she could not take a chance of getting COVID. <laughs> this is our Super Bowl weekend because Easter's coming up. Um, you'll hear this after it's Easter. So, yeah, I actually went to the doctor last week. We had gone to Nashville. It was really cool. I got to sit down and have breakfast with Rita Springer. He, I know. I was so pumped. It was amazing. Then we went to the Belonging Co. that night and just man just got to sit in just the presence of God. And uh, we actually showed up in Nashville right uh, a couple hours after that shooting had happened. Um, so just to be in the city during that time, just to pray in Nashville at the church that night for just the city and for the healing was really, really awesome. But when I got back, we had saturate Wednesday night. I actually had to walk off the stage. I've never left the stage before. So that was a first for me. I remember watching you. I was like, where's she going? (laughs) And I just was like, I do not feel good. Um, so yeah. And you know, you guys have been listening to these all year and, um, they were like, we don't know. Have you had mono? What's going on? I don't know, but I am feeling the best I have felt in a long time. Oh, good. And so, <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. I'm happy for you. <laughs> I'm happy you will quit making me sick in the house. Um, no. no, for me, it's just allergies. It's just right? constant. I'm just I know. So in this, this weather, weather going back and forth, but I'm really excited. Um, I really didn't know what I was going to talk about, honestly, till the mistake I made on Sunday. So do I'm tell. So, do tell. I wish we had some of those pod, you know, the do gnome, like some of the noises I wish we had. But um, I got to preach on Sunday, was super excited about it. Um, I was preaching on don't make me wear this and just sharing different things about the imposter that we create. And, you know, so you can good. go and hear it if you didn't. It's on our Reach Church podcast. But I referenced a story in the Bible. And I kept referencing Rebecca, who is Jacob and Esau's mother, but I was using the story as if I was talking about Rachel, Rachel, who ends up marrying Jacob, but her sister Leah. So the story that I was using to make a point, which I thought was a great point, I was actually talking about the wrong person. Listen, I was on codeine when I was working on this message. (laughs) She was was drugged up, I was. I was in a, a dark basement room by myself for three days. So I need a little bit of slack. Okay. I it was a, be- it's a spare bedroom. I know, I'm being dramatic. I'm it being is dramatic. A, it's tiny, but, but there are no windows. There aren't. Welcome um, to my life. So I was a little sad, you yeah. know? And so, but I, I, that, that day after the second service, one of our youth kids pointed out the mistake I made and I was like, awesome. Why couldn't you've come and told me this after the first service? Um, so shout out to Ethan Davis for being the smartest kid ever and catching it during the first sermon. That's amazing. Um, I asked him if he still loved me. He does. So that's good. But, um, we had our team lunch after that. And I just told Brian, please, like, what do they do on newspapers when they retract a story? Can we just, maybe we should just pull the whole sermon down. Cause I was like, you Redacted. know, when this is what you do for a living, you, you, you preach the Bible, you don't want to come off like a moron. Like you don't study and don't know what you're talking about. So I got up in front of our leadership and said, I'm so sorry. I apologize. You could hear everybody in the room. It was like, they knew I had made that mistake, like, oh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> half of them it. were like, no, we didn't know what you said. Yeah, so I did not catch you it. You know, Rachel, Rebecca, at least it's the same name. At least it's like, you know, the same R, you know, it's and an it R was name. within the same like generation. It wasn't like I pulled something from the, the New Testament. The old. Yeah, it was. So, you know what I mean? Um, just a mother and what would have been well, I'm not even going to try right now because I'm yeah. not even going to make a mistake. Because then we come back redacted. Um, actually. <laughs> but what I wanted to talk about today was just own it. I think I just got to a place 
when this happened, I just needed to own it. And for me, um, and I know, you know, when I first told Kat, this is what I want to talk about. I think she was like, oh my gosh, you can let it go. And I was like, no, no. I said, I really feel like I want to use this opportunity because one of the things as a leader that I always want to be is super transparent and stu- and, and super honest with when we make mistakes. And I think, I think we just have to own these things. And I think there has been some type of, there is a type of belief system. And I think it, I think it only stems out of the Christian world. I I really feel like that the longer I'm saved, the more that I know, and you guys have heard me say this so many times that, you know, the less I'm going to need God. Now we don't say that. I get that. It's not like any preacher gets up and says, okay, you're so spiritual. Now you don't need Jesus. But I almost feel like we think we are striving. Okay. The, let me say it this way. We're called to steward our lives, not to, not to strive. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're, we're called to run a race, but striving is all in your own effort. Stewarding is saying I'm imitating Christ and I'm stewarding what he's handed me. And so I know as a, as a parent, if I am striving in my parenthood, I'm exhausted when I'm stewarding what God has handed to me. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm leaning into him and his grace. You know, Lamentations 3, through 23 says this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Okay. So if the word of God says that, that I have mercy every day, then that tells me that God's already letting me know I'm going to need it every day. Yeah. What God is telling me is there are weaknesses that you... Uh, let me say it this way, and, and this is me taking some liberty, so let me share my heart. This is my understanding of where I really feel like God has brought me to in some understanding. I think there are some things here that I won't ever reconcile, mm-hmm. because let me say it this way. So I'm in an argument with family member, husband, whatever, and I'm super intense. It's just how I argue. I get super defensive, and I get really, really intense. If I walk away from that and say, okay, God, you really need to take away my intensity. Mm-hmm oh my gosh, you're going to lose who really Alicia is because you want my intensity when I'm leading worship. You want my intensity at a hospital when I'm praying over somebody. You want my intensity when I'm fighting for you and I'm fighting for what I know belongs to us. Um, When I'm pressing in in worship, you want that. So what is it? What am I... What am I having to wrestle with then? I'm wrestling with, I have this God-given ability, God-given characteristic that comes from him, but when it comes out of the flesh, it's not right. Right. Okay? Yeah. So I want to dive into 2 Corinthians 12, and this is Paul speaking, and I want you to hear, so this is 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, and he says this, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Okay, so there's a lot of different translations, so I'm not going to get hung up on Satan, understand anything from the flesh. We it is just It's just sin nature, okay? Yeah. Three different times. I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. So the power of Christ can work through me. Okay. So this Christian walk is really about dependency on Jesus. Mm. I think what is happening here, I don't feel like Paul's thorn in the flesh was a sickness that he couldn't get rid of. I think 
So I feel, this is my opinion, okay, mm-hmm. so hear what I'm saying. I feel like my thorn in my flesh a lot of times is insecurity, yeah, okay? Yeah. And I don't think that will ever be reconciled here. Yeah. I think I have to be so dependent on God that every day, like Lamentation says, I need his mercies to overcome those insecurities. But if I live a life thinking I'm supposed to overcome it, what does it mean to be yeah. an overcomer? It means I don't deal with it? No. Today, I am overcoming what's trying to come up. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's gone. Right. I can only be an overcoming overcomer by being over something. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm above it. So the Bible says you're above and not beneath. You're, you're the head and not the tail. So I think we are looking, do we celebrate and have victories? Yes, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the inner workings of who we are as people, the, the way our personalities, the things that we process, the things that we deal with. Because when I hand over my weakness of insecurity, Jesus goes, great, now I'm going to make you feel secure in a way you've never experienced before because you handed it to me. Yeah. And I think, like, I remember I struggled a long time ago about how emotional I always felt I was. I was like, I just feel everything all the time. I empathize with everybody. And like, if you're talking about something, I feel it. And I remember just being like, I hate that I'm so emotional. I'm so, you know, I cry all the time and all this stuff. And I remember even you told me, you're like, but sometimes what the devil tries to use as our weakness, God can turn around and use it as our greatest strength. Yes. And I realized that. I said that. That's so good. Yeah. And I remembered it because I was like, that's awesome. No, that's so true because a lot of times we look at our weaknesses as weaknesses. And sometimes when we rely in God for those things, for him to handle it, then that turns into, I'm an empathetic person. I can feel for other people. I can then put myself in their shoes when other people are just like, they can just like kind of hear what they're saying, but they don't really understand. And I, I use my emotions to help other people instead of just being like, oh, I'm going to shut this down because emotions are weak and whatever. God uses those and he'll use the things that we're sometimes annoyed about in our personality. Mm -hmm. He's like, but give that over to me and watch what I can do. Because I feel like there's a flip side that either me can use it or God can use it. You just have to figure out who you want to hand it over to. So good. It's who... Whoever's hands it's in is where is is where the work is done. Yeah. And and I think it's, you know, I it's something that the Holy Spirit, you know, has just really been really just I don't know. It's been this. I'm very passionate about it right now because I really feel like, and Brian has talked about weaknesses, you know, in our services um uh, the last several weeks. And I just think you know, there's something endearing to God about us when we hand them over. And I think that we, we have this false sense that I'm supposed to have all my I's dotted, my T's crossed. And God's really saying, I need you so dependent on me that when you wake up in the morning before you do anything, you need my grace. Yeah. You need who I am to help you walk out your day. Well, you think about the Israelites, they had to have new manna every single day. And if they didn't, like if they tried to store it for tomorrow, if they yes. tried to get too much, it would rot. And yes. that's, I feel like that's God's being like, you need to, you need me every single day. You need yes. to be in your word every single day. Yes. You need to be seeking my face every single day because I give you enough grace for today. Today, not yesterday, not tomorrow, for no. today. 
And a lot of times we don't live in the moment. We live in the future. I think it was a quote that we heard in a podcast where it was like talking about how the majority of the time we spend in the future or the past, it's a very few percentage that we actually spend right in the now. Yes. And so I feel like that that's where God tries to constantly kind of anchor us in is like, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow can worry about itself. That's even a scripture. I don't know where it's at, but But it's it's somewhere. Yeah. Google it later. Um, But a lot of times we just try to be like, oh, I need to worry about all the stuff and worrying gets us nowhere. We literally, nothing happens when we worry. No. And I feel like we spend so much of our time trying to reconcile something that I think we're literally just supposed to hand to God every day so that Brian calls it the exchange. Um, I think he said in one of his sermons, it's like every day I'm exchanging, okay, God, here's where I know I'm privy to be weak. Here's where I know I can easily get in fear in this area. I can easily get anxious in this area. I can easily, so I'm going to hand it to you. And when we try to get to a place where we have formulated God, where we have gotten to a place where God is a formula and the way that I can fix myself as I pray and do this and this and this and this, we miss out on the manifestation of who God truly is and the facets of, of who he is. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like, uh, for us, there are so many times that when we, let me, let me say it this way. When we, when we think we don't need Jesus in all the decisions we make, we become dependent on ourselves. And I think what was so sad, and I go all the way back to the garden for this because There was a moment, I think, in our humanity where we think, I should know how to answer this for myself. I should be independent enough to make this decision. And that's what Eve did. Instead of walking away and having a simple conversation, hey, there's this serpent. He's telling me that I'm missing out on something. And God could say, Eve, this is what he does. Because let me be honest with you, he misses communion with me because he used to have it with me. He used to to be able to talk to me anytime he wants. He wants to strip you from being able to walk with me in the cool of the day by convincing you you're missing out on something something when really everything you need is inside of you. And I think my constant need to be in the presence of God reminds me that everything inside of me is exactly how I'm supposed to be. When I'm in his presence, I don't feel that I lack anything. Why? Because even in the areas where I lack, his grace is sufficient because his mercies are new every day. And it's like, like you mentioned in the Israelites, like, I feel like we read stories And so easily just look at them as face value. Oh, well, I mean, that's not going to happen now. I'm not going to walk outside and bread be falling for heaven. Okay, but what is God saying now? Do you walk outside every day and say, God, what do you have for me today that will only be good for today? God, do you have something for me that's sufficient enough to make today doable? Yeah, and I think (laughs) something that like even on Sunday when you were preaching about the the like the inner child that we kind of create yes. of just like this inner dialogue this person that's like tries to protect us when something goes wrong I felt like for me it was like all this worrying I do is me trying to protect myself yeah. of if I can think ahead of time I can think of all the scenarios and if I've got a good plan if it goes this way or that way I'm relying on something else to lead me through those situations instead of relying on God being like I'm not gonna let my anxiety talk to me I'm not gonna let yep. worry I'm gonna let God lead me and And a lot of times we don't do that. We let these things get in the way of uh, trusting in God and being like, this is going to be my source. Instead of being like, God, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but I'm not worrying about tomorrow. I'm worrying about today. This is all I've got is just trusting in you today that it's going to, I don't know, go how you need it to go. I don't know. But that's... It's trusting in that he has... 
he has our best in- intentions yeah. and interest at heart. Yeah. And it's trusting in that. And it says that he has created us from the end of the beginning. So it's like he goes backwards. So in a sense, it's like in God, again, if you could wrap your brain around how it works, God is a 360 view. He can see all angles of our life from yeah. past, present, future, where it's going. And we can only see linear. Like that is how our brain works. God sees all. He's right. a mission. He can be everywhere at once, you yeah. know? And I think understanding that, you know, it's kind of like we've talked about before. He has already stood in our victory. So to stand in these moments where something to us seems so, so overwhelming and will I ever not feel like this? And it's like, you know, yeah, you will if you hand it over to him, you know, and I do, I want to do a whole podcast on the imposter because there's so much more even I'm getting from this book. And even as you know, for me really walking through some stuff the last month and a half that I really feel like has broken some major stuff off of my life. And what is interesting when you start to break the imposter, which we might just need to do this one on the next podcast, talk about it because do it. um, when you break the imposter away, or I would say it becomes less in control, there is a sense of even more insecurity that comes that I've mm. noticed because I'm so used to it buffering everything for me. And yeah. so you almost seem completely exposed yeah. in a way where you feel totally naked. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and I want to talk on that because I think, I think we have got to get comfortable to be uncomfortable. I, I think we have to get into a place, you know, I'm always I'm always looking for areas to grow. I'm always pressing in and saying, okay, could I respond differently to this? Could I have done this differently? Could I have said this differently? And it's not living from a place of of constantly worrying. It's living from a place of, I want... I want God to not have to do a ton of work on me when I get to heaven. And what I mean by that is I want to get as close to thinking like heaven thinks, connected to God that in a sense, when I get to heaven, I don't have to go to school to learn how to be in his presence and how to be righteous, if that makes sense. Like, it's almost like I don't want to be so blown away of, oh man, I wasn't even close to understanding what it meant to be intimate with you, God. And I think familiarity creates that. I think the need to try to be so spiritual. And listen, I want to be as spiritual as they come. But when I say so spiritual, I mean in the sense where there is this perfection side of you where you're pushing and God never told us to be perfect because I love that when you go to Philippians 3.10, Paul finally just says, end this so that I may know him experientially becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely. And this is the amplified version. And in that same experience, the power of his resurrection, which overflows and is active in believers. And that I may even share the fellowship of his sufferings by being continually conformed inwardly into his likeness, even to his death, dying as he did. But he starts this out, that I may know him. That Greek word, I'm probably not going to say it right, so it's G-I-N-O-S-K-O, however you say it, which is most often translated as know or known, is a word that means so much more than that. This word implies a certain type of knowing. In the English, the best way to translate it to un- for us to understand would to be a personally, intimately, experientially to know something mm. that I want to be so connected with him 
And I don't think we can get there when we've got this huge chasm between us because we're trying so hard to almost not need him to prove our spirituality. I'm doing so good. I didn't even have to ask the Lord for help. I'm doing so good. I don't even cry. I'm doing so good. It's like yesterday I was listening to the song that I'm going to be leading for Easter. And I was in the nursing mother's room because I don't have an office. So I was just getting in there to get away. I was on my knees weeping. And I said, God, I want this to be the norm that I'm so overwhelmed with your presence that I'm so understanding of how desperate I am for you, that I need you for every breath that I breathe, that this is normal for me to be so overwhelmed by you. And not just to have spurts and moments that we go back, that I'm experiencing him every day. And I felt like he said, the way you do this is knowing you need me every day. Yeah. And I think we think we're doing God a favor if we haven't gone to him in a week. I think we think we're like, look at how spiritual. Yeah. Look how spiritual. I didn't even have to really pray this week. And God's going, that was never the point. Yeah. It's, it's a relationship. You were supposed to be so obsessed with me that every day you wake up and think, man, I can't do anything until I'm with him. I need him. I, I long for him. His presence is the only thing that can sustain me today. It's the only thing that can make me feel like life is worth living. And I, Mm -hmm. and I think we've done a disservice as, and I can speak as pastors when we're pushing so, so many other things instead of the experiential, just man being in his presence and who he is and saying, this is about him. Shut down everything else, get in his presence, get in your closet and say, okay, God, I mean, you don't have to get in a closet. Sorry. I got that pastor (laughs) preaching mother's room, get in the nursing mother's room and let God just get all over you because I'm telling you, I want to be okay to say, God, man, this one area, whoo, it is a thorn. I'm mm-hmm. constantly, I just need you to feel secure because I'll get up and lead worship and feel so exposed in moments and so insecure. I'll get up and preach and walk down and realize I totally jacked up who those two people are. And this entire church <laughs> is going to think that I don't know the word of God when <laughs> in all reality, I hope it becomes endearing that I can just admit, yeah. wow. And hopefully people give me Your a free card was that so was good on that it was just medication. You can't even, yeah, you can't even. <laughs> Which thank God, and I appreciate that. I mean, our staff and my friends really just were like, don't feel yeah. that way. Even Kat, I was like, just take down the message. She was, I was like, like, I am absolutely not, not. Yeah, you did. You were like, I am bucking you on this one, even as my boss. I was like crying up at the front, <laughs> like during the altar call. I was like, oh, yes, my inner child. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, and so, I mean, really, I think that's what we're going to talk about next week. We're going to really just break down what the imposter does, why we have the imposter, because I think when we can really just, I think a lot of people are living a false version of themselves. And I think even with God, I think we're trying to prove to him, I think we're trying to prove to him we don't need him. And he's like, that was never the point. Hmm. I want you to need me. I want you to want to be in my presence. I need you to not be okay without me. That's not weakness. That's dependency. And I want to be dependent on the one who created me, the one that calls me by name. So, man, I'm just... I'm glad to be back. I'm sorry that, you know, we had a couple weeks off, but I'm just, I'm so in love with this person, Jesus. And I just, I want us to be better at laying our weaknesses at his feet and owning them and owning our crap, owning our junk and just saying, man, it is what it is. Jesus, I just need you. And when you do that, you seriously will understand that your best days are ahead. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast today, I'd love for you to rate it, review it, or hey, even subscribe. Thanks so much for listening.